Welcome to Layer 8 Podcast, hosted by Greg Sasso and Victor Coronazario, where technology and business strategies converge to support the most important layer, the IT users. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today's episode is, Do You Have What It Takes? Creating the Right Job Descriptions. And creating the right job descriptions helps us with a lot of things, lay the foundation for evaluations, mapping to service catalog, mapping out even tasks in your help desk, right? Because you can categorize them right. Yes, definitely, definitely. That's what needs to be done. Yeah, and one of the things that we want to share with you today is some of the experiences that we had with a, a, one technician, at least, and the lessons learned from it. Correct. So we can better explain what to do and how a job description can help you deliver IT services correctly. Yeah, the one, the one um, example Victor's talking about is we had this guy, extremely technical, um, bordered on, I, mean, I would say, very, I mean, well, he's very smart. Um, anyhow, the experience we had with him was that he was great at technical stuff, anything from learning new databases to working on programming language, new hardware, software, whatever it might be. But he lacked some soft skills in, the, in um, like maybe management area, dealing with vendors, um, just organization in general. Well, to give an example, we're not going to mention names, but to give an example, he would be in charge of a task that depended on a developer. Let's say a CRM database or whatever. And he would handle it. But what he would do is not push back on the developer to do the work that they needed to do, and he ended up doing the work. While on one hand, it's a good thing that he wanted to get it done, the other part that we were telling him is, listen, we're paying for that developer to do the work. So we're kind of like double paying because we're paying for your time to re- rework what they were supposed to do, plus the fees that they're charging us, right? Yeah. And what we learned from that was is that it wasn't necessarily his fault because when we hired him, we were hiring a system administrator, someone to you know, administer the systems, make sure they're up and running, not really a project manager or, you know, again, a management type of person. Right. He was more of an engineer, actually, when you think about it, because he would just yes. figure out stuff, uh, make sure that it was set up correctly, deploy it, and administer it. Correct. Correct. But yeah. again, great guy. Just this, this is one area that he just lacked in. Right. Now, in saying that, though, what we failed on, I think, is the job description when he started was different than at the point where we started to figure out that he was lacking in certain things. Because mm-hmm. when we started, we had a really a much smaller system which didn't call for him having to manage those relationships, right? Correct. And as we were growing, we didn't, we didn't tend to reevaluate as much as we should have, which would have led to us realizing this much earlier on than we actually did. And in saying that, you know, going into some of the processes that we learned and how, what we wanted to change in there was the first thing was, is again, we, this, this common theme of service catalog, which is a list of services that your IT department offers to the business. We realized we didn't have that. We knew what it was. We had it in our heads. We had nowhere did we write it down. Nowhere was it published so that other people could see it. Right. And writing the service catalog involves a lot of things, and we're going to go into that in in another show. But the main thing is that the service catalog is kind of like the menu of services that you provide and the underpinning things that go uh, below it to support it, like contracts, right, Mm -hmm. expected levels of service, SLAs. Mm And then all the functions that support it, right? Correct. Describing that, describing the tasks in the, in the roles that support the function, where the task part, that's where you start building your job description. But all of that rolls up to the service catalog. Correct. Because once you have your task mapped out, you can map those tasks to an IT function and then to a role. 
So for example, if you have an email system, you know, you need someone to actually maintain and manage the email system that might map to an engineer or an admin. Then you have create an account that might be an admin or help this person. Um, in smaller companies, though, it could be the same person, which is absolutely fine. Well, which just, happened to us a lot, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you just need to identify that because from there, then you can say, here's a list of things that the business needs. Who do I need to hire? Do I need an engineer? Do I need a help desk? Do I need an all in one? Right. And, and in the instance of this particular technician that we're talking about, we really didn't lay that out for him. And eventually we found out that he really wanted to be a developer in the end. It's just that he was smart enough to do all the other stuff. So it's kind of like it was a, le a learning lesson for us, but it wasn't completely on him. It's kind of like both of us, right? He needed to communicate more what he wanted to do. But at the same time, we had to reestablish what his, his description was to evaluate him against that and to set up an expectation from him so he would get good evaluations in the end. He, know, yeah. he knew what he had to do. In addition, if we would have had that, we could have identified, done a gap analysis and identified where we had holes in what we needed. And then for the next person we hired, see if they can actually fill that. Because you don't need two exchange experts or two database experts in a smaller company. It's a great, a great thing to have, but if you can't have it because of cost, okay, you can't. But you might need someone that gears more towards or leans more towards management. And right. if you don't have that, you might need that. Right. Well, and in his instance, we called him a system administrator, but you call me a, a system administrator. What does that really mean? Uh, at, at the smaller, at the smaller version of the same company, it meant just that. What we meant was you take care of the systems. As the company kept growing, the job description changed, and we should have changed that to to make sure that it met his expectations and ours. Correct. And, uh -huh. and again, it's it's that constant looking at what you're doing and making small corrections as you go versus what happened to us in that scenario was looking back years after the fact and realizing we should have changed this years ago and made that correction versus doing it all now because it was a bigger change. I'd rather make these small little changes throughout versus large changes, you know, periodically. Right. So we talked about the service catalog and I know we're going to go into detail in another show, but as it pertains to what we're talking about today, the description, can you expand a little bit on the service catalog, Greg, if you can? Yeah, I mean, so again, the service catalog is a list of functions and tasks and needs that the business needs from your IT department. But in, in terms of uh, mapping it down to the job description, because I, what I want to say is that what I want to say to the audience is what would you use to map this out? Uh, to tool, tools wise? Yeah, to roll oh, it up to service catalog, templates, stuff like that. Oh, this could be something as easy as you put on one Excel sheet, you have your list of needs, and then the other one you have your business functions. Oh. And again, it could be that, you know, you can do it by roles and depending on your department size. If it's just one person, obviously everything's going to map across and that person has to do everything. But you also want to break it out by skill sets too. If you have a higher level person that does servers and networking stuff, they should obviously do the higher level work, common right. sense. Right. And in, and in terms of that, I, I guess uh, what I was trying to ask as well is that depending on the environment, your roles change. So if you have a lot of uh, IT stuff outsourced, your system administrator's responsibilities are completely different. They're actually more of a manager in a way than just a technician, right? Well, then, yeah, then the role changes. Then maybe you don't need, if everything, if you end up with everything outsourced, then you don't need a technical person necessarily in-house. You need someone that's good at managing people and vendors. Uh, I, I would say you still need a generalist, right? A ge yeah, but you don't need experts. You don't need, like, the person that can go into the Cisco router and configure it. You right. need the person that can manage the company that's going to do that for you and ensure that they get it done based on your SLA with that vendor. Right, and know enough about the technology to hold the vendors accountable. 
Yes, uh, I'm not a SAN expert, but I know what SANs are supposed to do. You're going to configure it that way. I, I'm still accountable, so I'm still supposed to check it. So maybe I, I don't know how to spin up volumes, but I know this site has to replicate to the other site. And that part I hold accountable the vendor, and that's the type of person that you would need at that role. Correct. Uh, initially for us, we needed generalists but experts at the same time because we had everything in-house. Yeah, I and mean, they just didn't have the technology back when we started like they do now to outsource most of your stuff. Right, Well, and that type of stuff is kind of difficult to map out when it comes to paying, right, for the type of service for Correct. internal employees. Because sometimes, I think a lot of times we're unfair with uh, remuneration for the people that we hire. We say, yeah, we want a system admin, but then when they're internal, you expect them to be an expert on everything. And when you look at pay rates for people that do SANS and people that you do just exchange, they probably get paid the same as your system admin, but you're telling your system admin to do both or as an expert. Yeah, not just both, <laughs> but everything else too. Right. So, <laughs> you know, again, the job description helps to drive the rest of the stuff, the conversation about salary, the conversation about expectations, Correct. the conversation with executive management as to, hey, I want to hire this particular gal or guy yes. to do this particular job. They cost this much, $90,000. they are always going to open their eyes wide when you, when you give them prices for IT folks. But if you were able to explain to them what that gives the business rolling up to the service catalog, then they'll go, ah, okay, that makes sense. And that's right? kind of us getting into now the lessons learned, like Victor was just saying, is that, you know, that having this whole system in place will allow you to, again, justify hires to management. You know, you want this function out of IT. You want someone to be able to manage an exchange server or a database server. Here's what it's going to cost you. And, you know, or if you want to add, an, add a new system to your current system, this is what, I mean, some people think hardware, software costs. They don't think labor. They think, let IT deal with it. We might not have that skill set in-house. Maybe we can get it. You have to train them. That's right. IT's job or IT management's job is to show the business. Because they've made a change now, you need to justify it. Having these job descriptions in place can show you that in addition to other things like, you know, performance, you know, with uh, help desk tickets and, and other projects that you're working on, you know, to show them this is what it's going to cost now to you guys. Do you really want the system in place? Here's what we need right. to get the job done correctly. Now, how do we go about actually making the job descriptions? What tools did we use? Did we talk to other departments? I don't remember because it, it wasn't just us, right? No, yeah. Well, first we just looked at the, the older ones that we had developed and those were mostly pulled down from the internet that the HR... Um, people had pulled for us. Um, we started with those, which were a good, uh, it was a good reference point. And then we started to slowly map it out to say, okay, here's everything that we need. And we realized we really need some subcategories in there or levels in there. And we defined them and we also started to define what do these levels actually mean? Sometimes you have a level one, two, and three. There's really not a difference between them depending on where you are, but there should be. You know, level one, you know, triage and stuff. Level three help desk should be able to fix anything on the workstation. Now, most of the time, because we were small, I mean, we were really mid-small mid size. We ended up having one person filling up all three roles. But if you start dividing them from now, as you grow, it'll be a lot easier to hire yeah. people, right? Yeah, and you can still have, you know, you still have all the, the tasks that you need done. And the same person might do them. But as you grow, you, you slowly pull them away. And, and hiring people, that's a great thing because you can show them, listen, we're in growth mode for the company right now. So we need you to do A through Z on the help desk. But in the next time frame, if the business does what it's supposed to, you won't be doing that. You'll be doing just X, Y, and Z, and we'll have someone else doing the lower level stuff. And that's important to an IT person because they want to know that there's growth. They also want to get stagnant and you know, just answering help desk calls about printers. Who right. wants to fix a printer when they have 15 years experience? Not really right. anybody. 
Right. I mean, there's some out there, yes, but not really a lot of people. So they want to see that, yeah, I don't mind doing some of the lower level stuff as long as I get to do experience the new stuff. Right. Well, and this also helps you with accountability, right? It kind of sucks sometimes for a lot of techs that they're being held accountable for stuff that they weren't told that they were supposed to do. And you're just expecting everything from them. And that's just an unfair uh, thing. I mean, w one thing is that if the manager just doesn't know. But once you know, you should put it down it and agree on it and make sure that they understand what, what's expected from them. And if they do above that, then great. Then they should get perfect underscores, yeah. right? And like Victor says, once you identify it, it might be going back to executive level management and saying, listen, we didn't realize we had this need or this need popped up that we don't have. It, it also helps to justify training, not just new hires, but I want to train the people I have here. And it's, you know, a lot of times infrastructure groups get overlooked for training because they're training the other people, the salespeople, the people in, you know, development companies or the developers are training, you know, whatever it might be. And the CPAs and the lawyers, they spend all their training money on that. They don't realize they need to train the internal people because technology changes so much and the demand on them changes so much that it's, it has to be done. And if you, the people in companies where they don't, and there's that saying out there, I forget the exact verbiage, but, you know, if you... If you don't train the good people, I don't even remember how it goes. Right. I, I think it's, it's if we spend money on training people, where they leave? Yeah. And, and how much would it cost if we don't train them, right? Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. And yeah. it, it, it's interesting because it's so true. You don't realize it. Right. You want to spend money on training them because then that's going to make them more valuable. And they're going to realize that you think they're valuable and they're going to stay. Well, and, and, in, and in saying that, another thing that this affects is do I spend money on consultants or do I spend money on training my people? It's really depending on time, scope, and, and budget, right? But like, you know, going back to this, is that if you can see what, the, what you need in the business, what the business need is, it makes it easier to make these decisions. Right, right. Yeah, so it, it affects budget. It affects uh, evaluations. Mm -hmm. it, it affects upward mobility. It also affects the service delivery because if you don't have the right people and you don't even have the data to make the decisions to either hire a consultant, train your people, move them up or whatever, it'll affect the delivery, right? Exactly. Uh, you want to deploy a CRM uh, system. Yes, my technician knows about CRMs, but not databases. What do you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, that is IT management's job and help with from the executive management to make those decisions because it's unfair to hold IT accountable for something. As, well, if, you've, if you haven't asked for it, then it is your fault. But you right. need to ask executives saying, in order to make this successful, I need X, Y, and Z, and you have to give it to me, or this, this project's going to fail. And really, when you look at the scope of the budget, that training piece or that hiring and consulting piece is really small compared to what you're going to get from it. Right. So uh, I think I learned a lot here, but I, I want to make sure that people have some takeaways, some quick stuff that we can say so they could take away from this podcast. On, on the wrap-up, uh, what are things you say that, that people could take away from this? Well, I think one is it's definitely vital to spend the time to map out the business needs to the IT roles. That's huge. Right. And uh, I think second also, we, we didn't mention a lot, but HR needs to be involved in this, right? HR are the people that, that post the stuff. Make, yeah. make sure you don't mention something that you shouldn't mention, illegal oh, yeah. or whatever. Right? You're just completely right. We always sometimes forget our other internal groups. But yeah, HR is vital for this. They need to look at that and help you with these descriptions. All right. So uh, the resources that I would say that you could look for, again, we're going to mention this a lot. You can go to www.itil-officialsite.com to learn more about service catalogs. And uh, for HR, it's stuff like that. Uh, other sites that you can go to is like techrepublic.com. They actually have the perspective from the manager, from the director, executives, and even IT folks. Correct. Right? Yep. Okay. 
Thanks for listening. You can see a list of our podcasts at PrometheusConsultingLLC.com. Be sure to tune in to our next episode.